This is episode 74. In this episode, you'll meet Paulette Pinheiro, the founder of Lead Media, a leadership coaching and management consulting company. Learn how she built her business after recovering from COVID at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. I hope you enjoy learning Paulette's story. Hello, my name is Nicole Moreno-Dinser, and welcome to Epifiana Presents Relate and Elevate. It's a podcast where Latinx and Latina entrepreneurs share their stories. We here at Epifiana believe there is no right way to be Latinx or Latina. So immerse yourself in our culture, and thank you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And um, I'm here with someone that I'm just barely getting to know right now. And (laughs) we have the same thing in common where we are doing what we can to shush our kids to record. So (laughs) that's always fun to do. (laughs) Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Paulette Pinero. And I am the owner and principal consultant for Elite Media LLC. I am also a mom of two amazing kids and a dog <laughs> named mm-hmm. Boris. And other than having a passion for helping Latina leaders, the, my other passion is watching Housewives on the weekends <laughs> <laughs> and reading. <laughs> that really sums me up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I actually do want to get to know you. I want to get to know you more. So, um, or get to know you better. I don't even know how to say it. Anyways, I just want to know about you. What yes. uh, What is your favorite food? My favorite food? Oh, mofongo. I'm from Puerto Rico. Mm. And it's mofongo is one of those foods that when I was living in Puerto Rico, it wasn't something that I loved. But now that I can never find it. I'll take my mofongo anytime. <laughs> so is it is it the dish that has the platanos and the carne? Yeah, so it's um so they fry in in Dominican Republic they um lo hierven. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's boiled, but in Puerto Rico we fry it and then mm-hmm. kind of mash it with some pork and garlic and oh, it's so good. And then mm. you can put some meat next to it but yeah I I love mofongo I've been craving mofongo for a long time (laughs) Mm -hmm. sounds good do you put like salsa on it or something or chile I mean I'm I'm Mexican so we always put chile and salsa and like on everything so (laughs) yeah um we make some caldo and put it on the side so like you can dip it on the caldo which is really good um or we can uh, we make some like garlic sauce and put it on top um right now I'm like wherever I find it I'll eat it I tried to make some the other day and it came out really bad Mm. (laughs) like in Puerto Rican restaurant here in Massachusetts that makes mofongo well make one for yourself then (laughs) at least a mini restaurant for you (laughs) yeah um what's uh what's your favorite color purple uh, everything in my brand has purple. Um, every time I, now that I have my brand has the purple before I had some blue, now I have every excuse to buy every purple dress or shirt. And my husband's like another purple one. And I said, well, you know, it goes with the brand. 
<laughs> I need to be ready for like interviews. Part of the uniform. Yes. Exactly. It, it is necessary. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so you say you like to read books on the weekends. What's the most recent book you read? The most, um, Right, I just wrapped up Minda Hart's The Memo, which I loved and is one of my favorite books. Um, and then in addition to that, the last two weeks before going to bed, I've been doing the seventh Harry Potter book um, because while the world explodes, <laughs> Harry Potter <laughs> like brings me down and allows me to sleep. So it's between career and what I was reading when I was a teenager. <laughs> I mean, it's a good balance. <laughs> it is. It's kind uh, of like very serious and young adult at the same time. Yeah. What What's the last song you listened to? Um, I've been all morning on a Bad Bunny binge. Hmm. Um, so, at that's I, like I a can't... state of being Bad Bunny binge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's how I woke up today, and that's all I've been listening to. So I have a. I created like a Bat Bunny uh, playlist yeah. on Spotify. So that's what I've been doing all day. Yeah. Conejo Malo is definitely a vibe. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Interestingly enough, when I was little, when I would tell people people the word Conejo, like that was like my bad word. Like that was like F you. So like if I was <laughs> mad, I would be like Conejo. And like that would mean like F you. And my parents tell me the story or my mom tells me the story the one time I told that to my grandfather and he was like heartbroken like (gasps) (laughs) she doesn't love me anymore (laughs) oh no so like when bad bunny like when I first knew about bad money bad bunny and then he like said in one of his songs like um uh conejo malo I was like oh oh my god brings me back (laughs) (laughs) that's so cute though If you could meet one person dead or alive, who would that be? Um, oh, well, I would love to be- meet Michelle Obama. Mm. Um, I would probably cry if I meet her. It's between Michelle Obama and Stacey Abrams. Uh, I, I would probably like cry and wouldn't be able to even speak to them. But <laughs> that, those two would be the top of my list. Yes, I I really admire how she was able to turn being robbed of an election and all the injustice into something so positive Mm -hmm. for the impact that it has had, uh, especially in the last election. But I don't know if I would have been so positive (laughs) and and do a whole movement just like she did after um, she lost her own election. So she's some... It was Michelle Obama, but I definitely have to add her now. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. For me, the best thing out of the election was learning about her story and what she did and how she changed everything. Like, Yeah, and how to continuously keep a good, positive outlook and focus on the outcome instead of like, you know, so much, so many of us go inward and be like, oh, this didn't happen to me or, you know, why me mm-hmm. or, you know, but turning um, a, an unfortunate situation into like making the best of it and influencing and, and impacting so many people's lives. I know. Like, that's amazing. That's what I 
what I feel like standing in your own power would be like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So uh, now we're going to shift to talking about identity. So how do you self-identify? I self-identify as a Latina. Um, Latina and Puerto Rican. <laughs> I'm always super proud of saying I'm Puerto Rican. I usually tell people in the first three minutes. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I realize that too, that sometimes I do that. And then I started thinking like, wait, why do I do that? Why do I need to tell people that like I'm Mexican, my family's Mexican, but, but yeah. And, and it's probably because we don't talk about our identity enough. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what does the term cultural identity mean to you? To me, it, to me, it means not only where I was born and where my familia comes from is to me, it's kind of like the mixture of the past and the past generations and, and especially the women and how much we have struggled. And now being able to, when I speak about myself um, and, and realize that I am the addition of all those past generations and um it, it gives me it gives me purpose <laughs> at least me personally and and to remind i i come from a line of very strong women and a lot of um single mothers and mujeres luchadora y trabajadora so that's mm -hmm. part of my cultural identity not only where i come from but all that wealth of knowledge and love and passion that comes with it mm-hmm yeah, our identities are like so deep rooted that they're almost kind of like beyond ourselves. Yeah. That's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And that's why I think that we don't have, we don't talk about it enough because we're so used to people labeling us and telling us like the outside world telling us who we are and what our identity is or isn't or should be or shouldn't be or what words we should use and shouldn't use and but I think really like our identity is way more than just a word mm -hmm. or a few words a couple of words <laughs> yeah 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 Tim Tim part of why to me is so important saying I'm from Puerto Rico is because I Ni de aquí ni de allá, right? I live in the U.S. and I live in Massachusetts for the last almost eight years. Uh, but to me, it's important to say I'm from Puerto Rico because my heart, like the day I moved, I left part of my soul in Puerto Rico and my heart will always be there and, and that will forever be home. That um, I want to make sure that when people think of me and know me, they also know that Puerto Rico is where I'm from and, and where my love <laughs> has stayed outside of my home and my immediate familia, my, my soul, have my soul will always be there. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. It is, it is really important for people, for people to know that because then we can understand each other better. Or if for those of us who have never been exposed to um, or had the opportunity to get to know people from other cultures and 
backgrounds and countries, it's also a really good experience for us too. Yeah. I remember the first time I met someone who was from Sri Lanka and I said, oh, you're from Sri Lanka? And they're like, oh, wow, you said it so good. Most Americans can't say it. And I'm like, it's because I'm a Mexican-American. That's why. (laughs) Yeah, I always say when in doubt, say it in Spanish. You're probably right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's. That's and what I've learned when I when I don't know how to pronounce something or I'm not sure. Usually when you say it in Spanish, it hits the mark. It just gives us so access to like so many other people in the world to communicate with so many other people in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. So let's uh, talk about your business. What What's your business? What's the name? Like, what do you sell? Like, you have a service. Um to who, to who do you have these services for? Yeah. So my business is called Lead Media, and I help Latinx professionals gain confidence and a personalized leadership plan to take the next step in their careers in business. And the way that I do that is through leadership coaching, whether it's one-on-one coaching or group coaching, and management consulting for companies that either want to diversify their talent or they want to build a leadership path for their employees. And I love what I do. I, I, I get to talk to badass Latinas and Latinos every single day. And um, after many years in the nonprofit field and, and human service field, to be able to do what you love every single day and talk to amazing people every single day is, it's very exciting. <laughs> Yeah. So how did you, how did, how did your business vision come about? Like, how did you go from working in the nonprofit world to owning your own business? Yeah. So I, I, one of the things that I had loved the most about the work that I did was building um, leadership and, and mentorship programs and working in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I was doing programming strategy Um, you know, building programs across the U.S., expanding, doing some fundraising, development grants. I was doing a lot um, inside education and human services. But the one area that excited me the most was um, building a succession plan and helping my team and my peers really talk to talk about their skills and feel confident. I would even coach my staff on having salary negotiations to then meet with me and have a salary negotiation Um, because it was so important to me that the mission and the vision that the organization had for the outside world, right, for our clients or for students or for youth, we were living that same mission with our staff and employees. And what I found was that my... um, white co-workers were rapidly growing in their careers and I felt like I was being stuck. I was working more than everyone. I wasn't earning what I needed. And once I started to talk to them and I, I always encourage, especially Latinas and women of color to talk about their salaries because once I started and I felt comfortable sharing my salary and asking salary questions of my coworkers, I realized that they were getting support to 
take their careers to where they wanted. And I was like, I want one of those. I have a mm -hmm. mentor, but a coach, I work with an executive coach, a leadership coach. And I had read all the books. <laughs> I had done programs, courses, and I still felt I had a mentor and I still felt that something was missing. And I was doing a lot of that support and problem solving with coworkers and folks in the community and my own network. So I, I wrote a business plan and then left it in my computer for two years <laughs> until, mm. until I knew that, um, that the work that I was doing was mission driven, was impactful. I was working in um, education policy, but there was something missing and I didn't know if I wanted to continue to postpone that dream. So I opened, I opened that business plan and I decided that that's what I was going to do, that I was going to launch my business. And then I had COVID and I had to pause it. And after I got out of the hospital two weeks later, Lean Media was born. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, okay. So you said a lot, a lot of things and I have a lot <laughs> more questions. You essentially saw something that you needed for yourself mm -hmm. and so you started doing the work so that you can be that leadership executive coach for yourself um, and then you saw how it's needed for so many other people and and this is why I ask and 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 I talk about cultural identity because it is important and there are gaps in our society um, because of our culture. And it's not because it, it's not literally because of our culture. It's because the systems are set up this way to create disparities. And yes. that's the way it is set. It's by up. design. Yes. It's yes. By, it's set it's up. By, mm -hmm. So then when people like you get into certain positions and you see that the more that you go and you get closer to the top of the hierarchy, the bigger the disparity, the disparities, right? And that's just, it's, I fucking hate it. Uh, me too. <laughs> like, me I too. don't know how else to say it. It's, yes, say and it, I, say and it. And I hate, and I hate, oh, well, that's the way it is. Like, that's the way it has been and that's the way it is now, but that doesn't mean it has to be that way. Um, so yeah, for everybody who says like, oh, that's the way it is. I'm like, just add the word now to your sentence. That's the way it is now. now. And so that makes this whole idea of things that are happening just in the present moment. And that means that things could change if we change and like this this um saying that I love like nothing changes if nothing changes like we literally have to do something different to provoke change yeah to and I, create yeah. something different and I was I was realizing that in white European culture it was very common for folks to get a coach to get into college and get a coach to get an internship as they were wrapping up and then get a coach um, to work with them to transition into the career and then get a coach to grow. And in my experience, and I talk to Latinas, especially Latinas every single day, even on the weekends, 
we are taught that we need to know it all and we have to work harder. And the only mm -hmm. way and the only path to grow, it's either being quiet and do, you know, go with the mm -hmm. flow or, or education. And I love education. I do believe that education is a path for grow, but we also see that the Latina wage gap gets even bigger, the more educated we are. Yeah. So it's not just the education. It has to come with the confidence, with the knowledge, with the support that you need to take the next step. And we don't need to know everything. And yeah. I had been a, a career coach in the past for adults. So I was like, wait, I've been a coach in the past and I haven't like thought about coaching. <laughs> Who am I? Yeah. You, you said something that really, um, that I want to highlight. You said that we're taught to be quiet and obedient and to sit there and look pretty and just like I mean you didn't say all that stuff I'm adding my own things yeah. to it it's, it's there it's really there. but really it's the um um calladitas se ven más bonitas mm -hmm. and I'm, oh god yeah I still I, I grew up with that hear that like people in my family like a couple of weeks ago told me that <laughs> still today mm -hmm. right now <laughs> And um, and this whole idea of just sitting there and looking pretty and being obedient and just follow, follow whatever, just do what you need to do and look pretty and do it and do it on your own also. Yes. Like, like you have to be everything to everyone and you have to do it on your own in order to be successful. But that is so the opposite of what reality really is. Like we need support we need other people we need to speak up and this also goes back to what you were saying is that when you started talking to other women and specifically other latinas and um you all started sharing your salaries and your wages and like you can see the disparities just in that and that's just one piece of the disparity like there's disparities in our education and you know right and for I know the stats have probably changed, but the last time I checked, um, which was almost 10 years ago, 0.4% um, of Latinas have a doctoral degree. So like out of 100 kids that start, out of, out of 100 Latinas that start elementary school in the United States, in the regular system school system elementary school 100 latinas not one out of 100 have a phd you wow. actually have to it's like one person out of 300 so 300 out of 300 mm -hmm. it's like one doctoral degree that's just like crazy when you see how many doctoral degrees are in other um, ethnic groups and it's not, and it's not just that, it's higher education, it's our wages, it's everything. And it really just comes down to calladitas se ven mas bonitas. And that is not true. <laughs> no, no, please step into your power and speak up. I shared on Facebook about two weeks ago, a little bit about my mental health journey, because to me, it wasn't just getting support or becoming I call myself to my clients, the, their chief motivational officer. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just that, it was that I needed to uh, take care of myself personally and kind of like break that cycle of you have to be strong. 
and crying or mental health is weakness. So I, I'm very open about my mental health journey because I work with, with Latinas every day and I need to be authentic um, to be able to work with them. So I shared something about my journey and I have my grandma, my grandma's husband on Facebook and she called me and she in very nice words said, calladita te ves más bonita. Mm -hmm. She's like, you're closing opportunities by talking about those things. You know, there was some shame on it. And mm -hmm. I, I said, I'm fine. I'm fine with the folks and the people who believe that because I am bettering myself mentally and physically, I am not the right fit for them. That is business that I am willing to lose. I would love if at least opens up the conversation of either asking me questions or learning more about that. But if they're not interested, then I'm then I'm not the person mm -hmm. to work with them. And I have a group of about eight Latina coaches and women, uh, Black women who are coaches, and we do the same thing. And uh, if I meet with something, someone, and I'm not the right fit. I'm like, hey, don't worry, I got you. Mm -hmm. Here are these amazing women that you might want to work with. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's speaking, community support, collaboration, and just knowing that there's room for all of us and for everyone. There's enough for everyone. Um, but it's, yeah. So I love that. And I love that we're talking <laughs> about this. But I also want to point out that. So from the moment you, from when you wrote your business plan to when you started your business, it was about two years. Um, is that is that right? Yes. So what made you go back to that business plan and say, okay, I'm doing this now? Um, I was doing work that I loved. I was doing work with a mission that I loved, but there was something missing. And I would open that business plan and go back to it. And I was so scared of putting myself out there. I was so scared of the risk that I was going to put my family in mm -hmm. if I pursued this because I knew that with the job that I had, I wouldn't be able to pursue my business, number one. Mm -hmm. I was working easily 10 to 12 hours. And I've, I've always thought that because I've worked in nonprofit and human services and education, I was living out my values. And the reality is that that is not true. Hmm. Just because the mission and the vision is something that I'm passionate about does not mean that that's where I need to work or that's where I will be my best self or that's where I'm being a change agent. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time. And it took me burnout and postponing my goals to do it. But it wasn't until my daughter, I've always, you know, the last couple of years, I've always traveled a lot for work. Mm -hmm. And my daughter made a comment saying, you know, she was playing and she packed her bag and she said, well, I'm gonna, bye, I'm traveling. And I'm like, oh, where are you going? She's like, well, I'm traveling just like you because you're never home. Hmm. And I said, oh, hmm. well, I'm home now and I'm cooking, you know, you're not eating crockpot meals today. <laughs> hmm. And, hmm. and she said, yeah, I want to be just like you, that you're never, you're never work, but you're happy, even though you're always tired. 
and it just hit me wow. and I said is this what I want for Sophia mm. and it and it isn't and I had to like have a hard conversation with myself and remind myself that just like I want the best for my kids I should want the same things for me because I am deserving of that and I sat down with my husband and I said I can't I can't continue to postpone this. I can't continue to wait. I like dream about this business plan and this business idea that I want to do. I am so scared because I want to work with Latinos. Mm -hmm. How will I do that when everything that I see, the coaches and the consultants, they're all picture perfect, beautiful pink websites <laughs> with like this picture perfect life. And he said, well, Someone needs reality. Someone needs to connect mm -hmm. with you. Someone needs to find, to see themselves in you. Yes. I got you. If this is what you want to do, do it. And, and I did. And I, once I said, I'm going to do it. My launch is going to be March 31st. I was in the hospital March 21st, <laughs> 10 days before. What? In, in ICU with COVID, I got really sick. And while I was um, at the hospital, I'll, all I could kept thinking was, oh my God, I'm gonna die and I never follow my dreams. What did I do? Yeah, that, okay, well, okay, hold on. First of all, um, <laughs> thank you to your husband who said, just do it and I support you. So thank you, husband. Yes. Paulette, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> And then also, I mean, divine, talk about divine timing, right? Like, oh, God, yes. Like, I need to do this. I want to do this. And then um, the universe has a way of humbling us mm -hmm. in so many ways. I mean, I've been humbled by my children so many times I can't even remember. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I totally understand your daughter telling you something and And it wasn't because she wanted to tell something, tell you something on purpose or provoke something in you. Like she really was just saying it how she sees it. And yes, yeah. I have definitely been in that position. <laughs> as well. And then, yeah, the universe of being like, whoop, hold on, stop, you know, but like put the rigs on, girl, like take care of this first. Yeah, yeah. I had been, I had decided you know, we did the budget. We we're like, well, we'll figure it out. And we had everything planned. And even though I, I was reserving a, a room at the library so I can work on it and do my micro research and really like get ready to launch. And I was building the, the website and everything. I was still looking for jobs and I didn't tell my husband. Mm. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until I was at the hospital and, you know, I had to take a, a look at my life. I, you know, I was told you're not going to make it. You need to make that call. I couldn't oh believe God. that I had. Well, I'm happy you <laughs> didn't have to make that call. I'm happy you're here and I'm happy you're talking to me <laughs> and to yes. everybody else listening and saying like, There is power in saying, like, I want to do what I want to do, mm -hmm. no matter how scary it is. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back if it wasn't because of that. I would have probably postponed my dreams and what I wanted to do. And I feel like I was taking like 
little pieces of myself by postponing my dreams. And now that I'm happy and it's hard, it's a lot of hard work. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up this hard work. I've, I've done a lot of hard work for, for low pay or a job where I wasn't advocating for myself. And even when I was doing all of that, I, there was something missing because it just wasn't, it wasn't the call. Now I still work with, as a consultant with education organizations that are mission driven. Um, I am board of directors. I donate part of my earnings. So I'm still doing all those things that I thought were the only thing I could do to be a change agent and still follow my dreams. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I, I'm kind of like really speechless that you started <laughs> your business right after you got out of the ICU. <laughs> like, that's amazing. And seriously, I, it's also that this just really reinforces like what I believe in that when you really pay attention to yourself, your intuition, your your voice, what whatever word you want it to to God, whatever it is that you listen to that you know, and I'm, and I'm not saying just you, um, Paulette, I'm just saying you, whoever whoever is listening, all of us, whatever whoever it is that we are listening to when we actually follow those like the voices the messages we continuously hear and they get louder and louder and louder and then you got hospitalized and said hey you have to listen to me like yeah and like God it screamed in universe, my face yeah <laughs> and said you have to listen to me because you have to do this now and then you did it and then now you have a whole business with clients and a team of other coaches that you work with and you're still working with nonprofit organizations, what you want to do. And like, there is a way. And this actually goes back to what we were talking about before is that a lot of the times for many of us as Latinas, we see that there's only one way and not just Latinas. A lot of us um, see that there's only one way to get to an end goal or one way to do something but there isn't there's like an infinity amount of ways to do something (laughs) yes yes it's not a lot and I do leadership coaching I do business coaching and that's one of the things that kind of like I try to disrupt it's not a it's not a ladder like it's not like okay I started as a assistant then went to coordinator then went to this and then went to manager and director and VP that's not the only way to be successful that's a it's great if that's what you want to do but there's still other routes that you can take there's still things to explore if you're clear on your values on your mission and your non-negotiables then the sky is the limit. I, I work a, a lot with um, folks in the nonprofit and education field too, because it, that's my biggest network. And, you know, it comes to a time where they're like, I, like, do I go back and teach or do I become a professor? Let's talk. And I go, let's talk about your skills. Let's talk. And, and we do a lot of coaching exercises. And, you know, I've, I've had folks that have moved from their regular field that they have done and they have filled that passion and that drive in tech and finance and learning and development right mm-hmm. so there's no right path yeah to get to get to your goals it's, it's really about accountability and taking the next step yeah 
and to know that we have transferable skills, right? And they mm -hmm. transfer to other industries, to other companies, to, yep. I mean, that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, you mentioned that you work with uh, Latinas, Latina professionals, Latinas in um, different fields. Um, how does your cultural identity affect the way that you run your business? And, and yeah. why did you decide to work and specifically target Latinas? Uh, it goes back to what we're talking about the Latina wage gap. Um, if I first is, you know, we are the, the group in the U.S. with the largest wage gap. Mm -hmm. you know, a, a lot of women, especially white women, celebrate you know, the, the day, the, the end of the wage gap in the spring, Latinas have to wait usually until October or November mm -hmm. um, to commemorate the close of the wage gap compared to what a white male earns in the same role. Yeah, so let, let's just like, let's just talk about this for a second for people who don't know what the wage gap is and why it's tied to a specific month of the year. So for a white man, who works one year from January to December, he gets paid, let's say he gets paid a dollar, mm -hmm. right? So for every dollar that he gets paid, a white woman, in order to make that dollar that the man makes from, the, from January to December, a white woman needs to work January to December through spring, what is it like March or something, March or April? By yeah. March or April. So 12 plus three or four months. So 16 months for them to make $1 where a white man makes $1 in 12 months. Then there's also Asian women and um, black women and Native American women. But for Latina women specifically, they have to work all year, 12 months plus the next year, to the end of October and beginning of November to make one dollar. Mm -hmm. So we are what we're at what now we're like at 54 cents. Yeah, some research. Yeah, some research yeah. says 55. Most of the research says 54 cents to to the dollar. And the wage gap gets larger, the more, you know, we say, well, you know, if you study more, that doesn't work. The more we study, the larger it gets. Well, if you become a lawyer or you do all these like fancy professions, it, it changes. No. The harder it, you work, then you'll get more money, but it doesn't. Not really. Even in, and there's a big weight um, gap for Latino business owners mm -hmm. where, you know, we open more businesses at mm -hmm. a larger rate but then we don't have venture capital um, opportunities mm -hmm. to scale our businesses to be uh, more than a million revenue. Mm -hmm. So we open more businesses, but we're unable to grow and scale our businesses because we lack opportunities and access to funding. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter where we go. And, and that to me was one of the reasons why I wanted to work with my comunidades. Like I wanted to work with Latinas because to me, coaching is not, it's about accountability, but it's also about acceleration. Now you can do this by yourself, but do you have the time, the effort, and, and are you ready to postpone it for years, maybe? 
Acceleration. I really like that word. That's something that our community really, really, really needs to hold on to because Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, our our communities and, and we have a lot of faith, we have a lot of hope and we have a like, si Dios quiere, it'll happen when it happens. It's very passive. Yes. It's very passive, right? And this whole idea of acceleration, I think sometimes can be seen like as a bad thing like from people in our own communities, right? But it's really not. I really feel that like wherever I go, whatever spaces that I'm going to or going in or creating new spaces, it's not just for me. It's for whoever is willing and able to come with me or I'll even step aside and you go, you go. If you're going faster, you go. It's okay, right? That's what it's all about. And this whole idea of acceleration, I, I really like it. I really like it. It is <laughs> yeah. important. It is important that we see ourselves as that, you know, because then, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, older now. I'm getting closer to 40. And then people say, like, to me, my age has never really been a factor. Like, oh, I feel so old. Oh, this and that. I To me, me not personally, but I do see that a lot of people in my my circle they talk a lot about age and how the age and the number is so important and that like some of them feel really bad for not doing certain things by a certain age and I'm just like why are we limiting ourselves and why you know like it's okay um it's okay to be 70 and then start something you know and the acceleration part is really important because I think that we all need to tap into that um, especially in our community yeah usually when I I do a discovery call with a coaching client um, that is the first time and I I have clients from you know mid-20s all the way to 60s and it's usually the first time outside of of education that they're investing they're considering mm-hmm. investing in their careers and leadership mm-hmm. the first time. Yeah. And, you know, we talk and they're so passionate and we create goals during our discovery call. I do all this for free. I'm like, I want to share this wealth of knowledge and passion that I have for this as much as I can. The last question that I asked them from one to 10, how committed are you to doing this work and achieving those goals that we made together I usually get between a six and an eight Mm -hmm. and most of the time the eight then they're like well maybe Mm 7.5 when I dig deeper is because they are scared of of their own power and their own knowledge but they're scared of investing because and in their career and their journey even their businesses because we're not taught that we're worthy to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And that that's, you know, an investment in ourselves is on our investment in our family. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why to me, it was so important to work with Latinas and the Latinx community, knowing that it will take me longer compared to folks that will work with other communities or, you know, be very open or just work with people who are ready. I knew that to me was be 
going to be more difficult. But it goes back to what I was talking about the wage gap. It goes back to, you know, seeking this pursuit of, of joy in my career that it took me a long time. And then I, I see so many Latinas who want that but don't know how to get it. So if it takes me longer, if it's, you know, if, if I, I don't get the numbers or I don't hit the revenue goals, but I'm still making a change in my comunidad and with Latinas, to me, it's, it's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you say that it may be more difficult, but... I think the impact is higher and it goes, yeah, you know, you have, da- you have daughters. I have a daughter. Yeah. It's, that's what, that's all we want to leave for them, right? That, that confidence and that power to, to, to follow their dreams. So I'm not only doing it for myself and for Latinas that are my generation, I'm doing it for my daughter and her generation and your daughter. And, and just like the work that you do is, is to help your also your kids change the mindset of of what they can achieve and you know mm-hmm. you don't have to wait for anyone you can you can do it by yourself and it doesn't have to be perfect once you start yeah definitely i mean that's definitely why i quit my day job too because if i'm going to be making 54 cents to a dollar then i'd rather create a business where i'm making the dollar myself <laughs> yes. And then I know where the other <laughs> the other 40 46 cents are going to. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm yeah, definitely. So what's your favorite technological tool that you use for your business? Um, well, in addition to my Microsoft Surface, which I love because it, I can also turn it into <laughs> a tablet. Um my favorite app or software is Asana. I am able mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. project manage everything that I do. It allows me to communicate with my team through there and it integrates with everything else that I use. Mm-hmm. So Asana, um, Asana and my CRM are, are the two things that are, they're always tabs open <laughs> on mm-hmm. my computer. <laughs> yeah. I like Asana. I use Asana. What CRM do you use? I use HoneyBook. Mm, mm-hmm. I like it. It's easy to use. It's uh, focused for uh, service businesses. Mm-hmm. And I like that I can see my sales pipeline very easily and, you know, start from there. So mm-hmm. between that and Asana, those are the two things that, um, and that's what I tell clients or folks that want to launch a service-based business, make sure that you have a CRM and that you start to project manage early so you can uh, start learning what your operational processes are. Yeah. Yeah. Cause business operations, that's, I've, I realized that, or at least my theory, what I've observed is that business processes and the operational part of running a business is really at the heart of the downfall for a lot of businesses. You know, because there's so many different businesses, whether you're a service-based business or a product-based business or subscription, whatever, you know, you have the product, you have the clients, even good marketing, even good everything. But if you don't have the business processes to sustain it, because, not, not because, 
because we needed to sustain as our businesses grow, not because yes. like, oh, it's not working, but, the, but you know, a lot of people who start off businesses or who are like crafters or hobbyists, and then they turn it into a business, they're, they're still used to that one at a time, one at a time thing, or a few at a time. But as their businesses grow, that is where I see that people, um, business owners have a hard time transitioning because of the processes. Yeah. I and they need tell, to change as, yes. we, as our businesses grow, our business processes need to change. Yeah. I always tell people just get on Loom, get a free Loom account and start recording yourself going like, this is what I do from point A to point B <laughs> and get on Loom and record yourself while you do it, save it and, and then clean it up. Um, but it's a good way to start recording what you do and how you do it and why you do it and where to find it by recording yourself on, especially if you do a lot of, of work that happens on the computer. What is Loom? I don't think I've heard of it. So it's a, a video recording system, but it records your desktop. And then it shows your face. So, you know, it shows your face on the side. I use that for... Um, my clients, I have a course platform where I put a lot of the work there and I, um, I use Loom and the free version, you can unlimited five minute videos, but um, I can put the presentation like on Canva where, where, where I made it and then it will show my face at the bottom so I can talk and record myself as I'm showing the presentation mm -hmm. and then it, uh, it saves it on their own site. You can download it, but it's really cool because I don't need to be saving everything or mm -hmm. uploading to uh, YouTube, which takes a long time. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great it's a great app for you to talk about your processes and record them while you're doing them on your computer. Mm, cool. Yeah, because a lot of the times people, even myself as a business strategist, where I create, mm -hmm. like outlines for people and systems and processes for people it's we have to go through it and when we're talking about it and really like going through it through the and and that's that's where we actually are learning you know that's yeah yeah so it's so cool okay I'll I'll definitely look into it yeah and you can pause I, I do, it I use zoom I use mm -hmm. zoom to do that stuff like when I have a client um if I'm showing them something that I created I'll use zoom and then just a small little video and it's on yeah it's on the cloud on the zoom cloud or something yeah I, I I like the unlimited five minute yeah videos. that's cool also it's really good if you're troubleshooting an app like <laughs> you're trying to explain on the chat this app is not working what should I do I just like get on loom and explain and like talk through it while I'm showing my desktop and then just send them the link for the video this what's happening I you can see that I already did what you told me to do and it's helpful and but it also helps once you grow now my uh, VA has access to all of that so she's fixing some of them and updating them but I am able to um, delegate work because I made those videos and I uh, did the walkthrough so she can just look at them listen to the walkthrough and make sure that you know She's updating my blogs the, the way that I like them or checking on That's my so clients cool. the way that I do it. I love it. Okay. I'm going to go start playing with that. Yes. After this recording. <laughs> L 
O O M or L U M or what? L O O M. Okay. Yeah. See, this is why I asked this question because we talk about technological tools. It helps us with their business processes. And yes. I have definitely learned a lot of things from all of these podcast recordings that I've done. Like I started <laughs> using Canva because I interviewed someone. I started using Asana and um, now I'm going to start using Loom. Yay. Yes. yes that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Good. Um, so can you share some advice for anyone with a culturally specific business idea? Be very clear on your niche, who your client is, literally create a profile of your client, where they hang out, what things they like, um, how they speak, um, you know, at, really be clear on who your client is and then be very clear on what your value proposition is know what you're selling and why people should use it um a lot of a lot of folks use the word innovation it's great that you found something that people need and it's it might be new but innovation is not innovation without people using it and wanting to use it mm -hmm. so as you're thinking about your business and as you're thinking you know maybe I, just like me I, I want to work with my community or I want to work with Latinos or I want to work with Latinas be very clear on who they are who that client is start asking questions put you know gather a lot of, of data whether it's from friends family put a poll on Facebook put a poll on LinkedIn um, and get clear on what their needs and wants are and where they're um, getting that need met currently and what's missing and then work on your value proposition to make sure that it aligns with with them and always talk about your history and your values and your why people are attracted to real stories mm -hmm. and and stories mm -hmm. that are personal um that's something that I continue to work on with my social media of sharing Paulette rather than just lead media mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but that's what that's what we commit to and if yeah. if you want to be an exchange agent you want others to see you too yeah be true to yourself it's so important because even though we're all so different there are a lot of things that um we have so many things in common with a lot of other people and when we truly share who we are then we attract that and then you know, especially in a business like this, and, and not just in this business, but in every business, people say like, love what you do, right? Or be, you have to be passionate about your business. And that really, it sounds so cheesy, but it's so true because you are so passionate about this, Paulette, because you created this business for you. Like it's a problem you're solving for yourself. And mm -hmm. so when you are truly authentic yourself and sharing your story on your lead media, um, social media page um, or website, then you are attracting people like you because you are part of your target audience. Yeah. And that's why exactly. it's so important. So I, I'm just using you as an example, but <laughs> everybody, yes, you know, we all started our businesses, oh, I hope we all started our businesses because we're truly passionate about it. And most of the time, it's because we are part of our target audience. Mm -hmm. and or at we, some point of our lives, we were. We were like, oh, my God, like oh, yeah. I've never got that resolved. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should resolve it for folks. But yeah, but we're, we have to be connected to our business and, and who we serve to 
also like having been being a business owner is hard work and it's tiring mm-hmm. too. So it just helps you stay driven. It helps you wake up and still get excited about what you do every single day, even on the days where you have, you know, 10 Zoom calls back to back because you messed up with your Calendly account, which oh I have God. done several times, including last week. <laughs> yes. Yes, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Even though we have all these technological tools, we still need human, um, we still need to check it as a human be like, wait, hold on, this is not humanly possible. Like for technology, (laughs) this is possible to have all these meetings in one day, but humans, it takes so much energy. (laughs) Yes. So um, if you had no constraints, would you start another business? I will grow my current business. My my goal for next year, well, my goal for, for this year, there's, it's twofold. One is really uh, build conscience and um, get Latinas to understand what coaching is and why it's an investment that they might want to consider. So I'm doing Instagram live sessions and talking a lot uh, about the benefits of coaching. And it's part of that is also because I want to write a book on Latina leadership and what the skills that you need to um, to work on to become a, a leader and a manager. Um, so that's something that I would love to have more money or more time to to start doing and, and either put a pause on things or delegate more things to my team and be able to pay them for more hours so I can start writing that book. Yes. Definitely. I can't wait to read your book that you're going to write. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I will. I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it when people say they're going to write books. I love it because we're just putting a stamp on, you know, our knowledge and we're saying our knowledge is valid and it's mm-hmm. here, right? Yes, I love it. So where can people find you? What's your website? Um what social media platforms are you on? I know you said you're physically located in Massachusetts, um, but do you work? You work virtually. Um, tell yeah. us all the stuff of how we can connect with you. Yeah, I'm always in the cloud. Yeah, I work. I work virtually with with my clients. Um, you can find information about my story and my business online at www.theelitemedia.com. And it's funny, I called it Leap Media. My husband's like, why media? And I've had friends ask me why media. And I'm like, because we're going to be a full media conglomerate. So just wait, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, not patient, people. Yes, it's coming. But um, you're going to, this is, you're going to accelerate. So you will get there mm-hmm. faster. Yes. But, you know, but, but we still need patience. <laughs> yes. So theelitemedia.com and you can find me um, on Instagram at Leap Media LLC. And other than um, Instagram, you can also find me. I put a lot of content, remote job opportunities across the U.S., um, articles, research on LinkedIn. And uh, you can look for me as Paulette Pinero, P-I-N-E-R-O, because LinkedIn doesn't like the ñ. It's Pinero. It, it's not Enya friendly. <laughs> oh my God. I did not know that. We need, yeah. a, we need to do something about that. 
Okay, yeah. I'll talk to you about that after. But yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, thank you so much. Yeah, now I'm all worked up. I'm like, why doesn't LinkedIn have an end yet? That yeah. no, like I, I can put it in my name, but it doesn't work any anywhere else. I cannot use it for like my LinkedIn.com slash in slash Paulette Pinero. It messes okay, <laughs> kind of like I'm, freaked I'm, out. Yeah. So we need to work on that. I like it. I have a partner to work on that. Yeah, no, I'm like mad now. I am <laughs> I'm going to be like seriously thinking about this and like dreaming about this and like this is not okay. <sighs> this goes back to our identity and our cultural mm -hmm. identity and like why should we have to change our names and the way that we say our names to make it easier for other people. Like I always tell my kids like your name is not Lorenzo, it's Lorenzo. Mm -hmm. They can't say it. Or if they don't want to make an effort to say it, that is their problem, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I tell that much to my son, Alexander, Alexander Fernandez. Mm -hmm. I know, oh, Alexa freaks out when I say his name, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that, they don't get them to pronounce it. And, you, you know, I hear the kids saying, oh, hey, Alex. And I'm like, it's an English name. Just pronounce it in Spanish. How much is that going to take? Yes. They, yeah. they refuse. Okay, well, I'm officially going to say thank you and goodbye now, but I got all yeah. worked up about this Enya thing. <laughs> but, I get it. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing your story. I am so happy and um, the world is so, it's better now because you came out of ICU. So thank you so much for contributing and, and making your business plan happen. And I'm so excited to read your book in the future and see your big media conglomerate in a few Yay. years. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Epiphiana Presents Relate and Elevate. You can find us anywhere as Epiphiana Mag. That is E-P-I-F-A-N-I-M-A-G. And we can't wait to see you out there on the internet. Have yourself a wonderful day. Bye.